0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of The Download.
1: We've
0: got Joel Anderson joining us from a different desk in the Download studio. Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear. Louder for those in the back. There we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us. Uh, The Download is excited to welcome... Our guest of honor this week, Brooks Snow, founder of Renovar and a partner of Tier 4 Advisors. So a lot of people oftentimes will put off projects for a year or two because depreciation is something that they have yet to formalize. And what I mean by that is, is realize, I guess, fully. So it's, you know, yeah, we still got another two years left of depreciation or another, you know, whatever it might be. My saying has always been, don't let depreciation get in the way of innovation. Yeah, that's a good saying. And not in an effort to sell you something, but i mean we're sitting here talking about depreciation and i understand that there's there's numbers and dollars involved here but at what point do you if you're having a conversation with a client and they're they're saying yeah we're going to put that off for another two years why uh because we bought it you know we bought that gear two years ago and we still got another two years left on the depreciation schedule what is your conversation like i mean obviously we're not trying to sell a client something but in reality, they're much better off, you know, what? Maybe migrating to a cloud, looking at a managed service, selling that gear, or should they just stay the course and realize their depreciation accordingly?
1: I mean, some of them may have to based on, you know, financial controls of an organization. I think most um, can still do something, and it goes back to retirement. You've got to, yeah, okay, two years, and then what happens? It's not like two years you make the decision and boom, you move
0: everything. So that conversation. So, so is it ten percent at a time, just in different, you know, steps along the way? I, I
1: I I'd say you you bake just like you're talking about like disaster recovery. Can you do you like the things that can 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 move quickly? I mean, um, can your if you're a Microsoft shop, Active Directory or the user the user um, database and management right a security? Can you can you start leveraging that because that's that's a big deal. I mean, getting it's a little more technical probably than other topics, but. Uh, that's, a big, that's a big first step. You have to move. If you're going to go to the cloud or, or private cloud, right? You have right. to get that global um, approach to managing your users. So it's still, it's still t- taking it by app, but, yeah, I mean, little by little. That's the whole point, right? Like, it's not like, yeah, I'm going to just, boom, two years, we're good we're moving. It never works like that, ever. Have you seen any project where, like, we're going to decide in two years, and in two years they decide and they go and implement like that? Has that ever happened?
0: Uh, No, Uh, not unless they have to. Right, because well, they, force of
1: closure or right. something. Mean, sure, that's, that and that's a stuff. stressful, stressful, that's a tough stressful spot to spot. be. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So as you think about where we are today versus maybe where we are ten years ago, so what I talk about oftentimes is when I started Tier Four eight years ago, and I was having conversations with with a vast difference of IT end users. Whether yeah. it was a two hundred person company and an IT manager and there are three people, or if it was a you know Fortune fifty company. And their entire IT team was two times, three times larger than the prior company I just mentioned, the entire company. Um, the words never and cloud were oftentimes used in the same sentence, referring to the fact that we will never go to the cloud. Yeah. And I found that very interesting because, again, if it, that's like saying I will never, you know, fly on or I'll never ride in an autonomous vehicle. I mean, how You'll do you never
1: s- go to that hotel in space? Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
0: very fair point. I mean how do you say never and and what is coming but you know the term cloud is relatively new in the last decade the concept of cloud has been around 30 plus years right oh, man, yeah. and so distributed compute the idea of what it is i guess my question is is where do you see this thing going is is there going to be a day in a, in a place where everything is is in some sort of distributed compute platform of infrastructure as a service or you know, uh, cloud, so to speak, or will there be always a hybrid model for these enterprises?
1: I think globally, there'll always be a hybrid. And I say that because you know we're at this day and age of social media, like, or everyone thinks what I think, which isn't true. I mean, I was talking to a customer where they sell their software to the Department of Defense, the Navy, and they are disconnected from the internet for months at a time. They still need the software. They have you know, hundreds of thousands of people on board. They have to run projects. They need the same. Those military personnel need the same communication and the ability to communicate, manage product, software that we need. You have transport vessels in the same way if you want to talk you know, non-military. Um, and this company is selling their software, and it's alive and well. And it's specifically for those in industries and environments where there is dis, you know it's disconnected from the internet now you got Elon Musk throwing up Starlink and all that stuff and now the internet's you know who knows Everywhere. right yeah but there's still that there's still going to be that need to hybrid and that's just because I don't think everything's appropriate I think as we take a different approach to security like we talked about earlier, you got to think think of things different. so I think it's always be some hybrid um, to element to it I just don't know how. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you couldn't do that. I will also say, this person who said two years or I'm never I'm never going to be in the cloud. I mean, I I, I think that maybe no kickback
0: employed of, at the place yeah, that I met I, with them at just for the so, record. So which I is tough, but well I'm just
1: I'm saying here like that's he may be saying that from a, a overreaction security and concerns and control. Yep. I call them server huggers people that. Don't want to let. I think there was over a it. lack
0: of understanding. It, it right? is, and, yeah. and it's one of those, you know, what cloud was ten years ago or eight years ago. Obviously, it's not what it is today.
1: And I'll bet money they were using cloud. He may not have known it. Sure, yeah. The sales I, I mean, team was using Salesforce or. Something was.
0: You being think done. about Yahoo, email, Hotmail. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, yeah. you're using what is now the cloud. Yeah. Gmail. Yeah, back in G, yeah. you know Google Workspace. 2005. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So the, his company was using it. Whether he understood it properly or knew how to categorize or handle it, I, I, you know, I don't know.
0: Let it's me ask you a couple quick fire questions. I'm just kind of curious if if you had to pick or choose, you know, in two sentences or less, AWS, Azure, Google, which one are you going with to as your primary? public hyperscaler of choice
1: i'm azure right
0: now you're azure right now and why
1: i just the thought of a bookstore running my infrastructure
0: just they're pretty technical no, though right They're pretty technical. no longer the um, bookstore
1: well so this sound this is going to sound like um uh they're no longer books they're actually aws is their most profitable product line um so this will sound like um so two years ago, I've been watching Azure, and what they'd what they done, and, and no one was talking about them because it was AWS, right? They were building little data centers all over the place, and I was like, ooh. And Ed, I remember, edge data centers. Uh, well, right. They weren't even called closer, Edge then. They were just closer saying- Closer to the end user. Yeah, and you yeah. got to understand why. Their end users are where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Right? They are on the edge. They were only a software edge company if we want to apply it to those terms. And I saw them doing these data centers because I'd watch, I'd watch all these you know, private cloud space. I'd watch Amazon or AWS, and like, they only had a few. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is a no-brainer. You can beat them in all different areas. And then I started watching Azure or Microsoft, and I was like, man, these are the guys to watch because I'm like, they're, boom, tier three cities, not just NFL cities or not just six NFL cities. Sure. And then when they made that shift to the software... And they basically stuck it to every public cloud provider and said, you know what, we're done letting you run our software on your environment unless you run these you know, strict rules based on our EULAs or whatever, right? And when that happened, I just thought, man, they started to really get better and their interface got better. They still have problems and all that, but I, I like them just because I deal with a lot of companies that deal with, with Microsoft, and honestly, they've made it easier. Um, they've got some improvement to do still. You would think that they would have the best Active Directory services, but arguably Google has a better one, uh, which is weird. But uh, I'd I'd say Azure. I just like Azure.
0: So you have AWS that was that was kind of you know the the leader. That was
1: way more than two sentences, wasn't it? <laughs> that
0: was a lot more. You have AWS that was the leader in the public hyperscaler yeah. realm. You know we've got a lot of this compute that is dedicated towards. Cyber Monday and all these other things that we have, so we can let you use this during the part of the year that we're not using it. Uh, However, AWS obviously, last time I checked, at least they're not selling Microsoft Office. They're also not selling G Suite like Google does. So then now you've seen a little bit of this uh, Azure, you know, gaining gaining traction uh, more so in the last, I guess, you know, two three years. At what point do you think Google, does Google ever overtake Azure or AWS because now they also have this kind of software, office-in-a-box, loss-leader type of uh, approach in addition to their public hyperscaler offering?
1: I don't think so. I think just because of the nature of their business has always been advertisement, right? Mm. That doesn't mean they're not going to, I mean, what, they're like the third, fourth-largest public hyperscaler
0: now in the world yeah, yeah so you've globally. got you got aws i think you do have azure, azure alibaba oh, sure. i think might be number three and then i think you have google in there somewhere yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I mean azure's claiming number one now that's because you talk about their all their cloud they don't necessarily break it all up but like you know office 365 if i'm buying their software that's considered cloud right so they're i mean they're there on a tear right um i think 69 billion last year or something like that wasn't that what it was Joel, fact check me.
0: A lot of work know. there, yeah, for but, sure. But I,
1: I'd say Google's is more in the consumer base. I will say this. Azure had, I mean, it's been enterprise, man. Yeah. I'll tell you one area Azure went at AWS and has a, a huge advantage. It's the connecting. One no, advantage something. Azure has no. is the, the connecting in and out, the hybrid model, mm-hmm. is um, AWS is playing catch up in that arena. They're a... They're a cloud-born or native web-based uh, platform, right? Um, Azure knew their inter- their base was enterprise, and they had to connect. So that's why they built these lo- these places all over. They knew that enterprise. Like, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna go the the method to connect to AWS Direct Connect right. when I want enterprise license agreements and go straight in. So that uh, not to get too deep, but that connectivity, that ability, the the. The customer base was already enterprise for Microsoft, right? That's what Azure is. That that's a huge advantage. And you're seeing, honestly, like you go back to that 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 uh, so- or the person you knew two years ago said, "I'll never go cloud." Well, that enterprise is they're, they're looking at something. Absolutely. They're doing something. So, if you're already ingrained in the enterprise space, it's it's a it's a it's a good place to start looking. I'd say that.
0: Talk to me about your understanding of, you know, these integrators, these managed services providers. Um, for example, the, the the you know the names of RackSpace, um, Flexential, TierPoint, uh, Lunavi come to mind when you talk about, you know, an enterprise or a uh, an end user. For example, not just referring to enterprise in the Fortune 500 space, but let's just say an end user that is looking to not only do a digital transformation, but also help with the ongoing management aspect of it. Oh, man. Where does that kind of play in? And candidly, where should these IT professionals and end users realize that those folks are not there to take their job? They're there to quite literally help enable and empower those people to do their job better. Oh, man,
1: that's overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. IT folks know that. Um, If they're really honest with themselves, they need help. Um, It's tough because they're do-it-yourselfers. I mean, I've... Kind of grew up that way, and like sure. letting go is hard. Right, um, but, but is it
0: truly letting go? I mean, no, is it realizing no, it's a, that it's, no, it's it's a now realization to a, change a partner that has you yeah. know, thirty five hundred employees that do this all day every day. It's a trust thing, right? And
1: so all I can say is like take advantage of that because you need. I mean, we just talked about cybersecurity. What did you say? What was that, Joel? Fifty? I don't know what you said. Some big old numbers, uh, six trillion and. Yeah. Oh, every eleven seconds, right? So you need help. I mean, this is insane. So if you can leverage a uh, organization, a partner who will handle the, the low lying infrastructure, patch that stuff for you, so that you can focus on the applications. Remember, we talked like, like you pick a cloud vendor. That doesn't your job's not done, man. There's the, all the other work leading up to that. The cloud vendor is going to have requirements. So um, now, if the the biggest thing would be changing that mentality of saying you're just you're getting help that you need because you can't control this security craziness that's
0: out there. There's a lot of work to be done, for sure. I, I think that you know a lot of people look at that managed services conversation as it doesn't save me money immediately, so therefore it doesn't make sense. Where your tone makes it sound more so like it doesn't necessarily matter about the money. Not to say that you're going to be able to overcome that challenge internally. Yeah, you have
1: a, to deal with the money
0: right, from right? a yeah. budgetary standpoint. Yeah. However, it's one of those you're going to get what you pay for. Aspect, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I'd also say, don't let the money stop you. It never has. I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, like get, get creative. Okay, I can't afford blah. I can't afford moving. Great, do what we talked about. Piece it,
0: right? Figure it out.
1: Start working through it. Overcome the financials are usually just a hurdle you do have to overcome. But if you get with the vendors or with 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 tier four, you know, you guys there's creative ways to get around this stuff I mean for example the reason why I said about Azure is like you may be able to forego some of those licenses mm. and so now your costs are you thought here like you're calculating wrong right um, it may be that your company is like well I'm all public cloud I'm gonna do it myself because AWS has this portal um, and you're miss your your numbers were way off mm. I mean AWS is 60 percent higher mm-hmm. than uh, most private clouds of all those that you threw out there and so I'd ask, do you have the correct data?
0: Right. It's interesting that you bring that up. I mean, I had a conversation, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago with someone who was suggesting that, oh, we've already looked at cloud. I said, "Oh, really? What does that mean?" And and they went out and did a total cost analysis around what a public hyperscaler all in would cost them, including ingress, egress fees, yeah. a lot of these other things. And you're seasoned enough to already know where I'm going with this, uh, but a lot of our our <laughs> our viewers, you know, uh, maybe haven't necessarily seen this or done the, the TCO, um, you know, uh, analysis so to speak. But it's interesting to say, you know, that when I was having that conversation, I, I simply suggested. Have you looked at virtual public, virtual private, dedicated private options as well? Or was Had it they? just AWS? The answer is no, I'm afraid, yeah. right? So it was something that they did a, a couple years back um, and it didn't make sense because they were only looking at a couple of options from a hyperscaler perspective. There's a lot of other options out there. They just didn't know about it. They didn't think through that concept as well. I think back to my original point when I'm asking about these integrators or managed services providers, a lot of them there, keep in mind, are there for that long-term relationship. So when they are you know, doing a lot of that work early on, for them it's a loss leader, but they want to help you optimize your environment. And If, in fact, you partner with someone who is vendor agnostic in that regard, again, just mentioning names, like a Rackspace, they can help you understand Google, AWS, or Azure. But also, on top of that, if it makes more sense to go to a private cloud or in a colo somewhere, they can help you get to that. And I think Renovar does the same thing.
1: No, it's spot on. So So, total cost TCO analysis is, what do they say about statistics? Right, you can make them anything you want. Sure. When you look at a TCO, right, it, are you going in there with the right knowledge? TCO without experience is really
0: not much of anything. So if you have the experience, kind of relating that to a high-rise building without the foundation.
1: Yeah, right. Or even a team that has that's built found the high-rises before. Mm. So I think a tier 4, right? You're coming in there or someone like me Renovars coming and saying, "Look,
0: built a few hundred high-rises hey, before." Hey, I
1: get right? what you're saying, yeah. but trust me, I'm not this is not a bait and switch. It's a big project. I'm not you know, that's the whole point. Like, you're still on their side of the table. Like, I'm, I will gain nothing by misleading you, right? That's right. And so, overcoming that and using the, you know, uh, helping them understand it, hey, I don't think you're looking at the egress fees properly or ingress fees. You can bypass those by going wholesale and getting a dedicated circuit. Mm-hmm. Now you have a fixed cost. Um, but, I, but maybe that TCO, they were planning on a variable, and it gets out of hand. But right. when you're getting into, you know, moving a gigabyte, a gigabit per second, Get a dedicated circuit. Now your costs come down. But anyway, I digress some. But yeah, it gets, uh, it really, a TCO analysis is only as good as the people with the the, the, the experience of doing that, right? I mean, if I'm going to build a building, to your point, I've never built one. I'm going to think the worst stock possible.
0: Well, the, the smart thing to do if you never built a building, but you have to build to one. Talk to people, right? Guess what? You go find Get to someone. Get someone with there. that stamp, right? Done or an architect. Or right. Yeah, exactly. Find someone. How many buildings have there. you built? Hundreds. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Let's so,
1: talk. and I, this is not to disparage anyone, but if, you've only, no. if you're TCO, is that you've never done it, and I get you want to go in there, you know, without any sales team or what you think is a sales team pushing an agenda, you know, it's a different day and age. Sales is not what it is. It's, it's, it's solution architecture, it's value add, it's, it's long term relationships. Right. No one gains anything <clears throat> by, ha ha, we built the building see you suckers, we got paid. You know, that's just
0: not what it is. I'll share with you, it's interesting also to see a little bit of a shift in IT end users being willing to pay expert vendors to come in and do an assessment. Yeah. Which then in turn gives that vendor almost a license to hunt within that account. I'll I'll use an example. We we had uh, a client a while back that, you know, again, didn't know what they didn't know with regards to um, security and compliance. They went out Paid a, a vendor partner uh, to come in and do the, you know, security and compliance uh, assessment. Yeah. Um, that vendor then was one of a few to bid the ongoing MSSP engagement, I right? I
1: they won, right?
0: Well, uh, you know, it is what it is. But it's interesting to see that shift as well because a lot of IT end users historically wanted to pay someone else to come in and do some of the work, but then take it out to bid with other vendors. Uh again, that, there's a little bit of a shift that's taking place that, that these folks are willing to accept.
1: Which is I said, that shift of what?
0: The shift of just understanding that, you know, frankly, some of these vendors who are going to sell you the ongoing service or remediation or oh, yeah. fix yeah. are also some of the best vendors to come in and do some of the early work as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right, right, right. right. So. Well, that makes sense, right? They're fixing and solving, so have them
0: come in, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up here. You ready to spin that wheel, Brooks? Spin, yeah. Let go ahead. Dis- let fate decide the final question. Yep, okay. let's see
1: it. Do well, I just yank that? Yep, pull
0: it. Nice
1: little spin. What do you got here, Joel? I can't really see it.
0: I'll let you know.
1: Big money, big Number money. Number
0: 13. Number 13. The question is, what is your favorite band? Your favorite band.
1: My favorite band of all time I go to in the last 10 years. That's a big difference.
0: Let's just go with all time. Oof. I mean,
1: all-time, probably the Beatles.
0: Yeah, great choice. You can't go wrong with those guys. The Beatles, I, I was going to say all-time, probably the Beatles as well. I put However, Led Zeppelin up there, too. Led, yeah, uh, pretty good band as well. I'm going to go with Zach Brown Band uh, for mine. All right. And, Brooks, yes. And if someone wants to reach out to you and get a hold of you and, Ren- and Renovar, learn more about you.
1: Go to Renovar.com, R-E-N-E-V-A-R.com.
0: Good stuff. And if you or anyone you know could benefit from some of the Tier 4 Advisors services that you've heard about on the download the last few weeks, tier Feel free to reach out to us. We also have regional presidents and affiliates in a number of different cities and states around the country uh, if you want someone local that can come out and meet with you in person. Again, thanks for joining us on the download. Take care, everybody. That's Bye. a wrap.